Welcome back to another episode of The Rest, a podcast where you get to hear the rest of the story and where we continue the conversation that Sunday started. I'm your host, Jared Jacobus, and I'm here with Joel, a.k.a. the person most likely to be cast as the devil. <laughs> Such a weird introduction if you didn't hear the message, but <laughs> yep. I like how um, it's your intensity that sold him. Yeah. You are an intense guy. I am an intense guy. Is, is that been your whole life intense? Well, what's funny about that is um, my kids had football on Sunday and my wife didn't hear my message. So she didn't hear me tell that uh, story. Okay. Yeah. And then um, while she was at football, a guy that I have recently been playing pickleball with from my CrossFit gym. Oh, okay. Guy named Todd. Great guy. Yeah, I know Todd. You know Todd Worthington? No. No. Uh, he, you know, he like heard through the gym that I play. And so he like put together a group of like, you know, of, uh, of guys to play. And uh, so he ran into Katie after we had played two times and he was like, Hey, yeah, I've been uh, I've been playing pickleball with Joel, and literally, she said he went like this. He is intense, <laughs> and so I was just like, "Wow, wow, yeah, that is that's nice." So it's funny because, like, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's just a funny story about what you're known for. I guess I am known for being intense in a lot of ways, and that means that I've got a lot of growing to do in certain contexts for sure. Yeah. And I don't I mean, think you're that, not intense all the time. No, because I mean, I think that if, you know, obviously I don't think intensity can, you know, define a human. It's like, I think if you ran into Jesus while he was clearing the temple, you'd be like, yeah, man, that dude is intense. intense, you know? So it's, that's not, uh, that's not what we're getting at. Right. You uh, you have anything wild and crazy happen this weekend? Um, anything wild and crazy? Yeah, it's got to be both. Uh, for us, man, like I, I said, football games and basketball, fall league, and yeah, we have the same thing. We have uh, football on Saturdays, soccer on Sundays. Yeah, it just, just takes kids take up all your time. Totally. Yeah, if you want time, don't have kids. I mean, that's a given. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think most people know that, but some people, um, they get into kids unknowingly, you know, not mm -hmm. they, they're not really aware of oh, everything yeah. involved. And by the time you have them, it's too late to go back. <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, I... I think if people knew, they wouldn't. Uh, they wouldn't do it. Yeah, they they would make other choices. I think so. Like I mean, it, it, if they just kind of were were told like of all the things that you will ever do, this will be whatever one of the most difficult for you. Anyway, but it is rewarding. It is, man. It is for sure. All right, this week's sponsor. You ready? All right, I'm always ready for the sponsor. This week's sponsor is Aluminum Foil. 
Joel. Wow. I don't, yeah, I haven't seen that in a while. Do you remember back in the day when you'd be cleaning up after dinner and there wasn't anything to wrap up the leftovers in? You just like chuck them in the fridge. It kind of pile up and, and get all over each other. Kind of like all gross like. Back in that. Yeah. Back in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was messy. Everything get all mixed together. You know that that taste that you get on food when it's left in the fridge uncovered. Yeah, you know, it's it's the worst. That's a bad rate. That's a bad. Um, it's awful. Yeah, that's where aluminum foil comes in. Uh, what it is, I don't I don't know if you ever seen this before, but um, it's an incredibly thin sheet of metal. Okay, um, that's really pliable. Got and it. what you can do is you can take a piece of aluminum foil and and bend it. Kind of bends around anything that you you put it around. So. Okay. You can wrap up everything all nice and contained, mm -hmm. and then um, at some later date down the road, you can unbend that foil, Got and it. whatever you put in it is is perfectly intact, nice and ready. Use however you want. Wow. So if you haven't checked it out, pick up a roll of aluminum foil today. Dude, I feel like I haven't messed with foil you haven't lived. I know, man. I don't. I don't mess with foil right now. Foil. It's just not something that I. You know, it's just not something that I do. You need to get on that train. Uh, we we got an email this week. Okay. from Sean Patterson. Let's go, Sean. One Sean's, of our best. He's a, he's a regular. Yeah, he's one of our one of our top tier. Yep. Um, he had some thoughts uh, for this week's podcast. Yeah. Um, the first thought he said is a joke that he wants me to. Okay. Throughout there. Oh boy. Okay. Let's hear it. Uh, it's it's kind of a pun. Okay. Um, it's when you were talking about the waters going in and then yeah. coming out. Yeah, yeah, us. yeah. Um, he said he wants to give a shout out to everyone who doesn't know what the opposite of in is. A so shout, shout out. out. Mm. Yeah. That's one of those high level puns. Wow. That's deep. Uh, he said, the new series made me think of an opening section of my apologetics class where I talk about how um, our beliefs matter, how and why our beliefs matter. Mm -hmm. um, so in John 3.18, Jesus says, whoever believes in him is not condemned. Uh, sorry, John says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's mm -hmm. one and only son. Mm -hmm. um, so he looked into what the Greek was for name, mm -hmm. um, which is on, onama, okay. something mm -hmm. something like that. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, which um, basically, it, 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 the definition um, in the, the Greek context is everything that comes to mind and thought when you hear the name. Hmm. So the attributes, the traits, personality, the abilities, capabilities. Mm -hmm. um, so he brought up two parts um, talking about uh, what it means to believe in the name. And the first one was uh, the parable of the talents when the first buried his talent. Mm -hmm. And then the master came back mm -hmm. and the servant said, I know that. You're a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. Mm -hmm. So I was afraid, went out and hid your gold. Mm -hmm. um, so the context is that guy did not really understand the name of his master. Mm -hmm. 
Um, he he didn't know um, who his master was. He just knew some things about his master, um, but he didn't really know the person yeah. that he was serving. And then the other part um, is the Gentile centurion um, who came to Jesus, said, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, yeah. but just say the word and my servant will be healed. Mm-hmm. For I myself and a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say mm-hmm. to my servant, do this, and he does it. Mm-hmm. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Mm-hmm. So that the centurion really understood the name of Jesus mm-hmm. and knew what Jesus was about, and knew, mm-hmm. knew what he was known for. Mm-hmm. So, Sean, thanks for sending that in. Uh, we appreciate getting notes from you guys, getting comments, questions. Um, it makes us uh, feel like we have people out there that really care about following yeah. along and, and diving deeper into this stuff. Yeah. So we started a new series this week called Known For It. And the overarching theme is that we will be known um, by our love. You said something really profound that I want to talk about. You said livers of living water. Livers. Oh. Do you remember that? Yeah, I did. Uh, the reason I think that's profound is the liver is the refining fire of the body. That's right. You know, it spews out the lukewarm toxins. There we go. Death and destruction. And it was a, it was a happy pure accident. pure and clean blood. Mm-hmm. So I, I appreciate that analogy. Yeah. Uh, I think a good... <laughs> I think a good place for us to start uh, is discussing things that Jesus did in his life on earth that built what he became known for. Mm -hmm. Um, What are some of the things in his early life? And then what are some of the things in his later life that really Mm -hmm. defined his name? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that he was known for, at a time he was known for who he was from and where he was from, you know? Yeah. So you can be kind of known for just who your parents are, what your parents do. Yeah. And where they, where they come from, which is interesting. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, nothing wrong with that. If, you know, at some point you become known for something great and it's, uh, similar you know, to yeah. what your parents were known for. Yeah, I think that's how we we start out early on, mm-hmm. right? Kind of known um, for the, as, yeah, yeah, you kind of just get, you get lumped in with whatever the, you know, like whoever they are and what they are like. And yep. you almost like, you look at the parents and, you, and then you look at the kid and it's very easy to just kind of make very quick, like, connections to, yeah. oh yeah, they're just like their mom. They're yeah. just like that. So it's kind of an interesting reality it's kind of amazing to think about the humility of christ to, oh yeah you know to become flesh you know dwell among us and and to be known for human you know human father and a human mother yeah and to have that type of association like what a what a downgrade from oh. you know being known as the, the uh, eternal creator of the cosmos uh so he was known for that, which is pretty amazing. And uh, I think there's a lesson in there to just uh, of humility yeah. and, and recognition of, of 
the the things that um, we're known for that are out of our control. Yeah, that are kind of put on us. Yeah, you know. Uh, I think that, you know, I mean, when Jesus started to, he was known for, he was known for, if you kind of go through his life, I mean, the book of Luke, Jesus as a young boy is found in the temple teaching and talking to the scribes and in his father's house doing his parents' work. And, you know, his parents are frustrated because they lost him or whatever on the way back home. And so Jesus is, you know, he was known for his um, maturity that was ahead of his, ahead of maybe his years. Yeah. Uh, Not just knowledge, but what he was doing and who he was talking to and engaging at that level. And then, you know, he became, he became known as a teacher and as a, as a rabbi, as someone who would be a leader. And at a minimum, that was, was a big role to play, to be a rabbi, to be a teacher, to have a specific sect of followers. And, you know, when he comes on the scene, he's, he's preaching something that's really different than the other rabbis and talking about the kingdom of heaven being at hand. And, and, you know, he's got John the Baptist who's pointed him out. So he's known for, uh, you know, being at the very minimum, a great teacher and prophet. Yeah. Um, and as he starts to do miracles, he's, He's known for, you know, making an impression and drawing a crowd. And he's known for power. Yeah. And that's pretty incredible. I think what's interesting, you know, if you kind of go through, you can go through his whole life and say, well, then he was known for this and this and this. You know, he sat with the woman at the well and he was close to the people that had leprosy. And he just was, you know, he was eating, you know, having the disciples eat on the Sabbath day and he was embodying all the things that the spirit of what, you know, what God wanted and in what humans were supposed to be and what the law was for and and how the Pharisees were manipulating the law for for their own purposes and you know but you get to you get to where we are today and what Jesus is known for is the you know the retrospective act of self-giving love yeah. that brings everything else he did into full view. And it, it, everything else points mm-hmm. towards that. When you and then that points to everything else. Yeah. You know, he, he dies on the cross and he says these crazy words from Psalm 22 and, and then he, um, uh, you know, he goes into the desert, you know, when we, one of the references I talked about was that when he teaches about rivers of living water flowing from within, that we would be not just recipients, but instruments of living water. And, you know, it's amazing when he is on the cross and he says, I'm thirsty. It's like he empties himself of becoming all that we need him to be and what we, he is and eventually will be. He's in this kind of desert, wasteland and uh, all to bring about life for us. And so in the resurrection, the beginning of new creation, um, he starts the project over again and he gives us the spirit to move in the right direction. And, and now he's, that's what he's known for. You know, one of the things I'm going to talk about 
um, this week is the demonstration, you know, um, but God demonstrated his love. The kind of love was a demonstration. So he did something. And what Paul's getting at in Romans five is not just that he did something, but who he did it for. Yeah. You know, he talks about rarely would somebody, you know, take the blame for some, you know, even someone that did something wrong or blame someone that did something wrong, let alone to, to, or, or right. He says for the innocent, but for the guilty, he still takes the blame. And to die for someone that actually deserves death, which is us, it demonstrates his love. You know, it's like, well, you should die. You did it. No, I'm going to demonstrate that I'm here to die for those who who uh, who are in trouble. And so to be known for that, that's why we're here. That's why we, that's how we understand love now. And so, you know, the point of the series is to... I think kind of simplify the attributes a little bit for people. What are you known for? Yeah. You know, what are you known for? What what do people think about when they think about you? You know, the one A.W. Tozer quote, the most important thing about you is what you think about when you think about God. And you certainly shouldn't live your life based upon what people think of you. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't allow that to determine what you do. But it is important that your life becomes characterized by a nature uh, that is love to the, to the point where people go, you know, Joel's a Christ follower. Jared's a Christ follower. And not just because of something that they say, but yeah. because of what they're known for. Yeah, because of the demonstrations that we do, so that's what we're that's what we're getting at. Yeah, well, people pay attention to what you do, yeah. not what you say. Yeah, it's interesting. I think that they do, but then with social media, so much of it is you know, social media tries to display what you do a little bit, but so much of it is just whatever. It's like preaching or big ideas or something and you know I don't want to be known for a church that's relevant or big or successful I want to be known for having a church of people who are loving yeah you know for sure and um really loving and that becomes complicated because uh people think that uh, love is something that at times when when there's truth or there's an argument on the table that love goes away if you disagree with someone. And that's where it gets complicated. Yeah. Because disagreeing with somebody doesn't mean you don't love them. But if you just disagree with them and then you don't love them, then, you know, you're not, you're not living the faith that Jesus left us to live. I mean, so I digress, but. Yeah, those two things are are separate, Yeah, you know, like yeah. agreeance and disagreeance yeah. has nothing to do with love. Yeah, it shouldn't. Yeah. People make it. So yeah. You know, if you don't, 
agree with me, you don't love me. If you don't affirm me, you don't love me. If you don't, you know, accept me, you don't love me. And that's the thing of the Christian. Um, I think it's, uh, it's this Irish pastor up in Cleveland who said the reality of biblical Christianity is that we can neither affirm or um, we cannot affirm people when they do something or think something that we don't agree with, but we also cannot dismiss them. The Bible doesn't allow for either. So we, we have to love them and we can't affirm them. Yeah. And that's, people don't like that. Yeah. It's like, well, if you love me, then you affirm me. No, it doesn't mean that. I love you and I will show that to you. And, uh, the dialogue and and the position is not the same. So it can get complicated. I think when people, and I'm going to talk about it this week, but when people get into making their faith an argument about right and wrong, That's I hard. think you're really setting yourself up for not being known for what Jesus said you would be known for. Yeah. He, he didn't say people are going to know you if you're smart. People are going to know you if you're right. People are going to know you. They're going to know you by the way you love one another. That's how they're going to know you're my disciples. And so that's what I talked about this week is a lot of us, instead of letting Jesus shape us into his image, we try to shape Jesus into our image. And we really don't have oftentimes a full view of the biblical Jesus and uh, the way that he was. Yeah. And that just takes a continual, you know, humility and commitment to constantly learning more about the person of Jesus and studying the historical Jesus. Um, but, you know, when man, when, when we try to make Jesus the argument winner, we are not known for self-giving love. Yeah. And, you know, people say, oh, you're being weak or you're not standing if you're loving someone who's doing something that's wrong. I don't, I don't agree with that. I, I, I think that you can love someone and, and care for someone and fully disagree with them and not turn it into an argument. Yeah. You know, Paul talks about not getting into foolish arguments and things like that. So the nature of the gospel and loving people who you disagree with is kind of the nature of, of Jesus, right? I mean, that that's, he loved us while we were sinners. That's, that's what we were talking about. So um, you really miss out on, on love when you make information a prerequisite for compassion or exchange or connection so, yeah, there's no like caveats or yeah. um, precursors to yeah. our, the command for us to love. Right. It just, it's just, this is how you're going to be known. This yeah. is how they're going to know your mind. Not if you win. Some people think it's winning. You want to win. We want to win. Win the war. I don't know. Win. I mean, the gospel 
was, and Paul talks about it being foolishness. And the reason that it's foolishness is because in the world of Greek thinking and wisdom and Roman, you know, might is right. Yeah. Well, then the Christians go and die in the Colosseum and, you know, they lose their lives because they will not denounce Jesus as the risen king. And, and they lose their lives. Now, a lot of people would look at that and go, that's weakness. You should yeah. have fought. Well, if they would have fought and they would have demonstrated some belief that Christianity looked at any anything like the way that the Romans ruled the world with swords and chariots and horses and power, I don't think the church would be where it is today. No. I think the compelling movement of of the gospel is the demonstration of love yeah and um you know you get into the whole philosophical discussion or or just your worldview are you a pacifist and you know it's kind of like well you know in a way i am a pacifist i don't want to fight yeah so I kind of think like if you get drawn into violence, it really is probably because of the, I'll say, like a weakness, but a fair weakness. Yeah. You know, like defending children, defending the, the weak. You know, I mean, it's like you get drawn into this kind of nasty, I have to stop them because I'm not going to let them hurt them. But in that, you're becoming something you don't want to become. Yeah. And I think it's kind of the almost the epitome of what it might look like for Christians to just not ever fully realize what it means to be made in, in the image of Christ on this side of eternity. Because you just there's a limit. Like We're not all going to get there until we die and resurrect to new life where yeah. we become really full physical, spiritual representations and images. So, um, but in theory and, and in, and in most, in some practices, it's like you, you don't defend, you just, you, you don't. Yeah. And some might go, that's weak. That's weak. Um, it's somewhat paradoxical, but, um, and I'm certainly definitely not strong enough to not defend children being hurt or, or whatever you may have you, you know? Yeah. So. Well, let's move on to us. We know the target, but knowing what the target is and hitting the mm -hmm. targets to completely different yep, things. It is. How do we use what we have been given to always show people love? Yeah. Well, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to give away, you know, week two too yeah. much. The answer to the question is week two. Okay. Um, so come back for week two. Come, ba come back for week two for sure. But, you know, generally speaking, um, we have to, we do have to, uh, one thing we'll talk, I'll talk about now is it, there's a command. So, you know, I think another misunderstanding of fellowship of Jesus is that like, well, because you've been given life, it means you can do whatever you want with it. 
And that's not the nature, right? Yeah. You're a, you're a slave of sin and death. Jesus purchases you with his blood. So now you're, you're a servant of the Lord. Yeah. So when you receive the gift of Christ and believe in his name for the ability to give you life and be, be the life, not just eternal life, but be your life right now, what you're, you know, what you're getting into is, I guess I gotta, I'm gonna do whatever, the old Prince of Thieves. Yeah. You don't need to follow me around anymore. Kevin Costner or whatever. Uh, who, it was uh, Prince of Thieves. What was that? Uh, Robin Hood? Robin Hood. Yeah. You don't need to follow me around. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm vowed to you. Or he makes something. Yeah, it's like, like an I'm, I'm like, or... I'm like, I'm, I'm bond to you because you saved my life. So, there's this almost like perpetual, he's like in this perpetual state of, no, 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 I'm not leaving. Like I'm here to serve you and I'm like, I'm yours. Like yeah. you're my master because you saved my life. So now I'm going to do whatever you want. And I think that that part of getting into the mindset of loving people is that just like when we're told to do something that we don't want to do, but we know we need to do it, yeah, we got to do it. And so that's a piece of it. That's not all of it, but that's a piece of it. It is a command. So it's like our master, you know, says like, you, this is a new commandment. So when the disciples hear that and they're, you know, children of Israel and they know the law and the Torah and they know it and they understand Moses and the weight of the law and what it means for the people of Israel and how it sets them apart. And their whole history is, you know, they, they get out of slavery yeah. and then they're given the law. Yeah. And the law is like the new master. Right. And basically if they, if they follow the law, there's blessing. And if they don't, there's not. So now you have Jesus saying uh, a new command. I'm the God who gave the manna to the Israelites. And that was me. Yeah, I'm the water that came from the rock. So those, you know, those fingerprints that wrote on those tablets, those were mine is effectively like what this kind of bizarre moment where Jesus is, is God in, in the flesh, you know, this moment and I created the world and all this stuff. It's like, then he says, now I have another commandment for you. It's like, well, then this is not, this, this isn't an optional thing if you're my rabbi and I'm following you. So love one another. You don't have a choice. Um, some of us would do well to just, in a way, almost not think about it as much. Yeah. You know, like it gets really hard when you don't feel a certain way. And that's what makes it difficult to do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about this week is how those things become aligned because it's really easy to do the things you should do when you feel like doing them. Uh, yeah, it always is. You know, we, so we are freed from sin, which means we are freed from missing the mark. So yep. now. And we're freed from the wages yeah. of sin. So now we are to hit the mark. Yeah. So that. That's not doing whatever we want to do. That's right. doing what we were designed. And to that's do. the mark. Yeah. There's a mark. So 
Jesus says, okay, here's the new command, hit the mark. And it's, yeah. it's an old command. Yeah. But it's a new command that's been brought in the context to the Israelites after other commands. Yeah. You know. Is there some kind of biblical litmus test for showing us um, if we are hitting the target? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that... Um, I think that that's a good question in terms of a litmus test. I think that when, you know, your primary relationships are full and peace-filled and you're serving the people in your life and they feel served. Yeah. They're almost like a little bit overwhelmed by being served and, and you know you you do that and that's something consistent in in their lives and and they say dad dad loves me dad shows it dad's there for me whatever and that might be later i think it's kind of funny it's, you know not exactly the answer to your question but sometimes i spend time with you know in mixed company with like moms and dads of like my kids' friends. Yeah. And, you know, like whatever before, like we were at a football game, um, the New Albany football game, I was hanging out with some parents and stuff like that and, or wherever, at the gym or at one of my kids' games or just in the Kroger, whatever. You run into, you have friends, small people in our small group, whatever. <clears throat> and it's funny when like people, like when you first meet people and they... They're not very vulnerable. No. Right? Like, they're yeah. not going to, like, have the behind-the-scenes conversations that they have with each other in front of you. Yeah. But then once you get a little bit closer, then they do. A little bit. They start to. Yeah. And especially if they're drinking a little bit or something, yeah. they start to have some conversation. And I, I, there's been multiple times where I've been... And I've actually been on the receiving end of this. And I don't mean this in any way in terms of judgment of, of others. But like I have been around somewhere there's a perception that maybe the, the, the husband has of himself. And then suddenly because of time and relationship, the wife feels comfortable around whoever the mixed company is enough to say, Oh yeah, you think you're like that? You think yeah. you know? You think you're like Mister Go to bed early all the time, get up early, do all the whatever stuff, or just whatever, and like jab. It's like, you know, and so sometimes the reality of what it is comes out, yeah. you know, and that can be really hard. Your kids oh, will say sure. things, and yeah. sometimes your kids will say things or your spouse or something that is a joke, and it's not really true. You're kind of like, oh man, that sounds. But there like might a, be a little. There bit might of, be a little bit yeah. true, and then you don't want to be defensive. But then you're like, now everybody thinks that yeah. I like, you know, don't do the dishes or whatever it is, and and so I think that, I think that, being the kind of person, all things considered, where the people closest to you enough, will say like, no, yeah, like he, no, he's he's a good dad or, you know, she's this or it's just the confirmation of the consistency in your life of feeling loved. Yeah. Um, relational health. 
um, it would, and, and so then you have to back out of that, right? Your own emotional, personal health, because it's hard to be good in relationships if you're not yep. healthy. And then, uh, you know, the the commitment to give of yourself and your time and your energy to do things that are sacrificial and and be, be known for that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so we need to be aware of uh, where we, currently are right to be able to make um progress yes. towards where we want to mm-hmm. be that's you know as you mentioned that's a difficult thing to do well like what you talked about like me being known for intensity from certain people and yeah it's like ah you know i mean everybody has growing to do yeah tons and it, again it's it's like go ask someone the question you know yeah what are you known for and be ready to and be ready for to, to receive it be be ready to listen. Yeah. The way that you do that is assume that it's not for being like Jesus. <laughs> assume they're going to say something that's like, you know, maybe not what you had hoped, but don't let what they say drive it. Yeah. Let what let what you say. I mean, um, why is it so hard for us to throw out our idealized image of ourselves? What do you mean throw it out? Like uh, To actually like see, you know, our true self. The true, it's hard. People have a hard time with, you know, um, the reality of who they are. And, and part of it is, is that, uh, <clears throat> well, simply put, you know, the, the world that we live in, which is invaded, infiltrated by the enemy, by a very evil Satan and devil who is an accuser is also the father of lies. And so, you know, we really do in the cracks and in the like normal rhythms of our lives and in our minds and hearts and our meditations and our core, you know, the substrate part of our lives believe things that aren't true. Yeah. Lies. And so one of the analogies in the, in the scripture is that the Bible, that the word of God is like a mirror. And so I don't think truth is, we've talked about this, truth is not just correct, right? It's not just information. It includes that. Yep. But it's, it's the part of God. It's the reality. It is the full reality of the human and, and, and what existence is. That's the truth. And the enemy will hide us from being able to see the truth about who we are, good and bad, and, uh, and others. Then until we, the Bible would, would say, and God and Jesus would say, you've got to look into me. You've got to look in the mirror, in the word of God and, and see the truth of you and what you learn, you know, respond appropriately to what you learn. You know, David in the Psalms says, search me, O God, and know me and try me, I think, and see if there's any wicked way in me, which is the same thing of saying, like, tell me, tell me the bad spots um so that comes from the assumption that there's something bad that there's a that there is a missing of the mark that there is a need for God yeah 
that there is a, 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 a reality that exists beyond your perceptions and that truth and lies are constantly being, uh, they're at war in the world that we live in. So I think that it's really, really hard for people to get a true glimpse of themselves. I think that if they did and they looked in the word of God and saw the whole, the, the full counsel of God, you know, it would say things that were so overwhelmingly wonderful and, and, and fulfilling in terms of the beauty of our creation and who we are and how we were made and who we were made for, that that alone, just that truth would change people's lives dramatically. Yeah, for And sure. then also the, just like anything, it's like, you know, the parts that need reformed back into what was originally intended. Uh, so I, I think we'd be overwhelmed with it. And, and, and I think it would be really healthy for so many people to get that glimpse, but it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. You know, a lot of it is just weird because people spend their whole life maybe believing lies because of the way their parents treated them, neglect, abuse, or whatever, just yeah. weird things, or just or even like, like accolades, just and accolades, or you're the best, or you're yeah. this. You just kind of believe these things, and, and so you know you're just like already given this lens, and you don't know what the truth is, and it's really really hard to break free from that, and and to have a a, a new view of you um, uh, in, in your mind in a belief system that you have, and it's just really hard because then if if you don't believe you're good, yeah then there's this craving inside of you to be important. Like that's one of the things most people don't talk about is like, we, everybody wants to be important. Everybody wants to, they may not say I want to be important, not, not talking about status, but I want to sense my value. Yeah, I want to matter. I want to matter in the world. I want to make a difference or be a difference or have a unique, you know, specialty that's me, that's beautiful, that's good. I want to be viewed as good. I want to be viewed as important, valuable, you know, meaningful. And so they are, they're on the quest to find that they are, and therefore they're not willing to look at the ways that they may need to improve as well, because most people struggle with nuance or complexity. So it's, I'm either, uh, you know, I'm, I'm too sensitive because I was told my whole life I don't matter. So if the gospel comes along and says, you know, you know, each of you like sheep have gone astray, you've turned to your own way. There's not one who does good. No, not one. The heart is evil and deceitful, wicked above all else. And you just go on and on and on and all fall short of the glory of God. You just go on and on and on and on and on and that's the message then it's just like i don't want to hear that message yeah. like i've heard that message my whole life yeah and so again the truth is full it's full it's not one of those things just like when you look in the mirror it's like i need to shave i'm still in my 30s <laughs> you know it's like i'm not that old yeah. i don't look like i did i look you know i look whatever it's reality I need to change my clothes, whatever it is. And, and you're going to get all that information while you're staring at, uh, at a reflection of an image of God, which is truly remarkable yeah. and, 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 and a truth that needs to be realized as well. So, um, yeah, I'm not even sure. Where, where, where are we talking about? Um, why it's difficult. It's for difficult. Us to it's difficult to gain all that out. information. Yeah. yeah. All right, as we start to wind things down, yep. um, I think it would be really beneficial if we all took a minute mm -hmm. right now, wherever you are, and just verbalize to yourself what you're known for. Yeah. 
and who you're known to be. And think about it from the perspective of someone that you're closest with. What would they describe you as? And think about it from the perspective of someone who's an acquaintance, someone that doesn't know you Mm -hmm. extremely well. Mm -hmm. Like, how would they describe you? Right. And just reflect on that. Uh, Take some time to make some decisions about how you can alter how you're being seen so that in all the aspects, the, the resonating truth of it is that you're known for love. That's right. And and I and that's great. And and ask also, what do you want to be known for? Yeah. And be be honest. Yeah. Like you know, be real. Like, uh, don't don't back down. Yeah. Get the reality of where you are and what you want, what you want to be known for, and then you can you can manage it when you know what it really is. You yeah. Start to to have a conversation with yourself and with God. Yeah. We appreciate all of you spending time engaging with us. We'll be here next week to cover part two of Known For It on the rest. <laughs>